You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. This is my second time recording the intro because I did the wrong podcast intro a minute ago. But we've got a lot of phone calls to get through today. I, I haven't checked the voicemails in a while. I've been so busy with everything else. And um, I knew that there were probably 10 already waiting in the queue. So I figured there, there had to have been a bunch of calls. We're probably good. And um, I go over to the Google voicemail thing, and it says there are 20 new voicemails sitting there. So we have somewhere between like 25 and 30 voicemails um, to, get, <laughs> to get through. I don't know how this is going to go. Um, but I do know that we don't have a lot of time to mess around, so why don't we figure out who the last caller was and, and start from there? Oh, that's right. It was Trevor Omar, Trevor Omar, and I said, let's get to Trevor so that it's it's just Omar, Trevor Omar tomorrow. So that's where we left off. So we're going to kick it off with Omar. What's going on, man? Hey, what's up? This is uh, Omar the Fireman calling again. It's been a while. I uh, just wanted to give you a break from, you know, one of Tom's calls, you know. <laughs> Thank you. Just wanted to, you know, not not hating on Tom. Much no, love, no, no. Tom. But Understand. I know you might find some of the questions be a little crazy sometimes. You know, like why the color of the sky is blue, and <laughs> what's your favorite laundry detergent, stuff like that. You know, we do have a Tom call today. Just one though. But uh, yeah, I I get it. Sorry, go ahead, Omar. Well, I get it. It's Controlled Packers show, which I actually like, and I'm just I think there's some fans out there that were like wish it was like 75 percent. Football and then 25% entertainment or something like that, you know, of a crazy question. But nevertheless, I got some stuff for you. Uh, one is, uh, what is a Packers player that you met before? Um, I've met Antonio Freeman and I've met, uh, William Henderson at the gym before in Virginia. So, um, second. So Bart Starr is, is immediately the one. So the, the biggest thing. Where I've met players was at the Lombardi golf tournament thing that they have. I've mentioned this a couple times, but um, there is a Lombardi charity golf tournament thing that I believe is still going on. I guess I don't know, but my uh, grandpa used to volunteer. A family friend of ours was had something to do. I don't know what his role was, but he had the ability to handpick volunteers. So basically, he got some of his buddies. My grandpa was one of those buddies, and they decided that they could bring me too as a volunteer. Basically, they had nothing to do, and I had nothing to do. We sat in lawn chairs, and I never saw them get up to do anything um, except hang out, drink a couple beers, and, and get some good seats. But anyways, um, so that that was the way in which I, I got to meet some different players. Obviously, the bigger name ones, um, you know, when they come through, there's a big long line of people waiting for autographs and everything, so I, I kind of missed out on that. But I know Chris Jackie uh, was another one. Bart Starr, which is a great story, but people have heard it a million times. I won't go through it again, but 
basically it was me in the middle of the fairway talking to Bart Starr, which was pretty nuts. Uh, Dave Robinson, I got my picture with him in an autograph. I've got a somewhere over here next to me is like a sweatshirt and a bunch of other stuff with a bunch of signatures. Uh, so I, I would have them sign like the program. So there, there'd be like a program and a hat and stuff that are just covered in signatures. A lot of different um, um, actors and stuff. I think like John Ashton from Beverly Hills Cop, the 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 bigger by the book cop. Um, I'm trying to remember who else, but anyways, um, I don't think there's ever been like a super one-on-one meeting. I mean, I've talked to Chris Jackie before. He's got his own podcast. We've talked. Um, tried to get him on the podcast a couple times, but there was issues and whatnot, and just kind of left it alone. But ended up having several conversations with him, but never had him on the con the uh, the podcast. So we'll leave that question at that. Question I have is, how do you think the Packers did on the family night? Um, me personally, you know, I, I'm kind of tough on the players sometimes. I feel like uh, like the wide receivers, man. I, I don't know about Lazard being like the true number one. Um, I, I kind of think, going side sidetrack a little bit to something else, but a lot of people get mad at uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, focusing on Devontae a lot. Um, but I felt like he felt like that he couldn't really trust nobody else because there was a lot of letdowns. Like you have St. Brown drop the ball, you know, have, you know, Lazar might not beat, you know, a man-on-man coverage. Cause a lot of coverage he beats his own, which seems like. Um, but uh, I didn't really like our wide receiver play as much. I actually like the rookies better than than I thought I would. Like everybody knows, you know, Dobbs is killing it. Um but I did like some of the rookies were playing very well. And uh I definitely wanted to shot that out. Shot them out. They played a pretty good job on it. But I felt like that Lazar really wasn't, you know, killing every rep and and I'm like, I don't know. I got a little. I want to. Can't wait to see him in the game. So I'm gonna call back after the preseason game to judge him. But I, I got a little worried, worried on that. Um, so that's my number two. My number three. So, yeah, I, I think you're right about that. The, the biggest problem with all this is that Lazard is primarily going up against Jair. So it's kind of a question of is Lazard just not super great, or is Jair just playing out of his freaking mind or something, or maybe a, a little bit of both, but, you know, get Lazard up against somebody that isn't, you know, a top five corner in the NFL and see what he can do with, with, although it's not going to be, um, I don't know how much preseason action he's going to get and it won't be with Rogers probably either way, but that is kind of an issue. And on top of that, as far as the wide receivers in general, somebody has to beat Jair. I had gotten word or heard from somebody that Amari got his touchdown against Jair, but as I went back through my notes, um, Somebody else had said that the Amari touchdown came against, I think, Shamar Jean Charles or something. So I still am not positive if anybody has even so much as caught a pass on Jair yet. And as much as I love that for Jair, it does kind of make you look at the wide receiver and say, somebody's got, somebody's got to do something here. You know, nobody's that good. I, I, I'm sorry to tell I mean, even, even Yash has stood up Rashawn Gary four times in camp so far. And Rashawn Gary is a beast. He might be the best pass rusher in football. He's top five, at least, in my opinion. You got TJ, you got... Uh, you know, Miles Garrett and some other guys, but but he's in that group. And even Yash is going to win a couple reps. Everybody wins once or twice. Somebody has to beat Jair. And I don't care if it's Dobbs or Lazard or I don't care. But if that doesn't happen, then yeah, I'm, I'm looking at that going, you know, 
It's, it's kind of like what he was talking about with, when he talked about the offensive line. Yes, it's true that the offensive line is getting whooped partially because the defensive line is so good, but it's also because their communication sucks, their technique sucks, and overall they're just kind of playing like garbage. He didn't say those exact words, but that's more or less it. So, yeah, I, I think that is the one of the great things about the preseason is we know that who's better than who on our team, but it's hard to gauge what does that mean overall. Like I said, is is Jair playing out of his freaking mind right now, or are the wide receivers just that bad? Um, which is hard to believe because then how bad is Stokes? You know, if, if Jair is decent and the wide receivers are way just way below him, they're just so garbage. But yet they're cooking um, Stokes, and we we got all kinds of problems. But you put them up against another team, and you can kind of get a better idea of where everybody's at. Would be let me ask a crazy, silly question. I guess right. yeah, that seems to be. Uh, thing we do, yeah. Typical thing that happens. Uh, actually, it's not going to even be a silly question. I'm going to just drop some Roadhouse info. There you go. That remaking the Roadhouse with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yep. Um, so I just want to thought you might, you know, appreciate that. Since he's such a great actor. Is he? Uh, by the way, it uh, looks like Omar might have, maybe that's why he called back. After three minutes, I think it cuts you off. Is Jake Gyllenhaal? Who, who, I, all right, I'm going to sound stupid right now. Which one is he again? I got to Google him because, okay, all right. Yeah, I obviously know Jake. I, I knew the name. I just wasn't just sure exactly who he was. So so this is seems like bad casting to me. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I I would think you can go with a bunch of other people if you're trying to think of somebody that would be like a, a guy that walks around shirtless with tight jeans and beats the living daylights out of people, you know? Jake Gyllenhaal doesn't come immediately to mind, but he's a good actor. He'll probably pull it off. I don't know. The only question I have is, do I just go straight to part two or or the remake? Or should I watch the first one first? I kind of think I should watch the second one just because as much as the remakes usually aren't that great, they modernize it. So the acting is going to be better. The the storyline is probably going to be better. They're going to clean it up a little bit. Whereas I, I think it's one of those things where if you're like Clayton and you grew up watching it, you're going to watch the remake and you're going to say, this is a disgrace. This is garbage. But if you've never seen the original... You should probably watch the second one. It'll probably, I'm, I'm guessing it'll be a little bit better because it's the same thing. It just doesn't have all the, you know, 80s-ness to it. Just a thought. I, I think I'm going to go straight to Omar just to see, uh, just to let him kind of finish this out, I think. This is uh, Omar. Hey. Sorry, I got talked too much apparently. Oh, poor the time. Um, anyway, uh, just wanted to call back again to finish what I was saying. Um, as far as, Jake Gyllenhaal doing the uh, new Roadhouse film. Yep. I don't know if you saw the movie Ambulance being the first responder. I really like that movie. Yep. It was a good action film. I would definitely recommend it if you haven't watched it. I think it's free on uh, Peacock. Nice. Hold on. Ambulance. I got to type. I, so I, I didn't know what to do with those movies that were recommended, and I knew as soon as I closed those tabs, I would never see that movie again. So I have it saved on a tab on my computer, and I'm just going to have to add this to it. And they're just going to sit there, I guess, until I watch these movies. Maybe what I do is while I'm doing training camp notes, I'll put a movie on my other my other screen and just watch the movies. We've got 12 Mighty Orphans and The Express, and now we're going to add, what, The Ambulance, you said? 2022 film is brand new, and it's free on Peacock. Oh, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal, so that's the one we're talking about. Michael Bay film. I know that's a big name. Stars Jake Gyllenhaal, Yahya Abdul-Mateen, and... Isa Gonzalez and follows two adoptive siblings turned bank robbers who hijack an ambulance and take two first responders hostage. 
I don't know why it reminds me that that storyline for some reason the adopted siblings who are bank robbers or whatever remind what was that movie where um there was this lady who adopted all these kids I don't remember exactly what the plot was or what the kids had done I thought they were like bad guys or something I don't know but I think she ended up getting murdered and so they all come back together and just raise holy hell and I think it was one of the adopted kids that was responsible for it anyways sounds pretty cool I'll check it out sorry go ahead if you have that network, I think that's a free network anyway, so you should be able to use that. Um, but anyway, again, shout out to the Packer Net After Dark podcast. Yeah. And even shout out to Tom. Like I said, there's no bad blood time, man. I'm just no, he's, joking. He's, hopefully he's, he's okay. He's got a lot of free time on his hand, and I'm yeah. not mad at him for it. So, all right, go Pack, go. Let's win the damn Super Bowl. Or beat that up. All right, sounds good. Trevor, what's going on, Mike? Hey, Ryan, Trevor in Virginia. Uh, help you out with your pristine auction there. I signed up the first time you did the sign-up last season. Um, Thank you. Yeah, pristineauction.com. Might be, oh, no, it's not too late. Today, I think today might be the last day. I'm not positive. Maybe they're going to let us keep doing it, but today's the last day of our arrangement with them. So I post this at 10. If it's between 10 and midnight or 1159, pristineauction.com. Go to register, put in promo code ROGERS, R-O-D-G-E-R-S. You're going to get 10 bucks off whatever thing you win the first time. But the big thing is a signed Quay Walker jersey. Sorry, Trevor, please go on. And, you know, it's, it's no sign-up fee for everybody. You know, it's real easy, and you're entered to win. And I probably bought 10 signed Packer things on there over. It is a good website. Like, I've gone on there. Every We've worked with them in the past, and you go on there, and it's like, dude, there is. I don't usually get stuff like that. It's not my jam. But I look at some of the prices, I'm like, that's not even that bad. Like, I might even do that. You know, the last year, and most recently, I got a Quay Walker signed football for $29. I mean, you can't beat that. There's there's a ton of stuff on there you can get at a great deal. So it's it's been great for me. I wish I could sign up again and get that second $10 and help your numbers, but I already signed up the first time. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been great. Everybody should go sign up. Thank- I appreciate it, Trevor. And I appreciate Now I got callers helping me with my ads. You guys are great. Doing half my work. I mean, you're doing 90% of my work just with doing the call-ins, and now you're doing uh, 90% of my ad uh, ad responsibilities. Um, Garrett in Southern Illinois was going, oh, my. Hey, Ryan, this is Bill Lumberg, your boss. <laughs> just calling to say I'm going to need those TPS reports ASAP. All right. If you could do that, that'd be great. Sure, yeah. And the out. other thing, if you could is. start wearing khakis and polos instead of those clothes that look like they came from Goodwill, that'd be great. I would never shop. There. And as far as your flair, you really need to step up your flair. <laughs> Have a great weekend. Oh, by the way, I need you to come in Saturday, too. That'd be great. All right. I will, uh, I will work on my flair. And I will wear a khaki and polo and work Saturdays. So, are you happy now? You all happy? The show is going to go downhill real fast. Anyways, next up we got a uh, couple calls from a new caller. New caller, what's going on? What's on your mind? Hey, Ryan. It's hey. Roger calling from North Carolina. What's up? Just sent you a little article about uh, tipping. <laughs> oh, courtesy geez. of Ocho Cinco. All right who showed up in a Greensboro restaurant and left a $1,000 tip. Nice. Made the young lady very happy. To be clear, I've never said I don't tip. I, I, I'm fine with tipping. It's just a question of when should you tip 
and when should you not tip? That's that's the discussion. I do have a question for you, though. Um, if you could pick one team outside the NFC North to implode this year, who would you pick? Thanks, buddy. Really appreciate your show. Talk to you later. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate the call. Um, I have a feeling tipping is going to come up again, so I'll, I'll leave that alone for now. I don't know. Maybe it won't. But I, I came up with my own criteria, but I'll stick with the question. I got to pick a team outside the NFC North that's going to implode. One comes immediately to mind, but I like to look at the teams. Let me do that real quick. So the team that comes immediately to mind is the Dallas Cowboys. And and the biggest reason for that is, well, number one, they're, they're starting to have some issues with injuries along with their wide receivers. They're, they're down to what they lost one. Um, they, they let him go to another team and now they've got a couple that are injured. But the biggest thing though, is the defense. I'm, I'm expecting somewhat of an implosion because a lot of the defensive success was based on, um, sack numbers from a rookie linebacker and interception numbers from a guy who basically broke every record in existence for interceptions. I'm completely making that up, but it, it's absurd. Um, what, what the guy was doing as far as interceptions go. And he really wasn't that good of a corner. And and so the biggest thing is if the interceptions go down, which I am absolutely assuming they will, not not saying down to, to zero, maybe that's just kind of his thing, but assuming those goes down and you just have mediocre corners and um, let's say your linebacker doesn't quite produce at as high of a level as a pass rusher, and maybe he even does, I just expect regression, offensive and defensive. You know, it's a team that was 12 and 5. I have a feeling that will not be the case again. A couple other teams, I don't know about implosion, but I'm curious about the Buffalo Bills and New England Patriots. I'm kind of curious about because these are two teams that were so weird last year. You almost cannot find any team that was like them because their, their point differential was through the roof, which is usually a good indication of really good teams. But essentially what it was is they would blow teams out of the water, but also a lot of the time would just look like garbage. Um, the Patriots in particular, I don't re- remember exactly what the statistics were, but um, a lot of, if you go through their wins, almost every single one of their wins was against a bad team. And um, I, I just, and, and, and again, they annihilated those bad teams, but I think they might be had they were only 10 and 7 but I, I think there could potentially be an implosion there. I don't know how bad they could even implode from 10 wins especially with Bill Belichick there and you know the quarterback maybe takes a step. Probably can't go too much further down but Buffalo was kind of similar in that they went for a stretch where things were pretty ugly and I was doing laughing at the enemy and I would occasionally bring up the Bills. They had a guy that was pretty funny. I'm actually looking forward to that. That was fun doing laughing at the enemy with different uh picking teams that lost and everything. But the, the, the Bills were struggling, and they were even questioning their quarterback, who's considered one of the best. And obviously the way the season ended, nobody would consider the Bills not a powerhouse because they, but the way they ended, top-tier offense, top-tier defense, quarterback was playing out of his mind. But during the regular season, there were serious concerns there. And so it'll be interesting to see Buffalo and New England and how they, uh, how they play. Um. The Colts, I think you got to consider they got a whole new situation with the quarterback again, trying to figure that whole thing out. Tennessee, I don't really know what they're doing these days. The Chiefs, I think, could potentially, I don't know about implode, but they've been heading down, trending down for a little ways. Um, and now with Tyreek on, that could cause some problems. Cleveland, I think, could be in serious trouble, although they were already 8 and 9 last year. But, you know, this is a team that I was looking at every year saying they've got. I even just saw on NFL Network today 
Miles Garrett was on there saying, I'm tired of talking about on paper. We got to start putting it on the field. And, and it's true. On paper, they've always had these really good teams, but they can never put it on the field. And now they just lost their quarterback. And yeah, they got Deshaun, but I don't know if he's even going to play this year. So now they don't have a quarterback to go along with whatever they had before. And, and you can say whatever you want about Baker, but Baker was decent. He was at least middle of the pack as far as quarterbacks go. So, um, unfortunately, I can't say Tampa because I just I don't think that they're going to implode. Maybe not 13 wins, but I don't see an implosion there. But, um, yeah, Dallas and, um, you know, I want to say Kansas City. I don't know that they completely implode, but I, I think they continue the downward trend. Um, and it's hard to say Buffalo again with the quarterback that they have. So I'll, I'll, I'll keep it to Dallas, but there are a lot of teams that you could look at and, and circle as potential implosion candidates. Hey, Ryan, this is Roger calling in from North Carolina. What up? Hey, uh, a few years back, you, uh, you had a couple stories about your theories on, uh, uh, the quarterback who shall go unnamed in Tampa Bay, who you accused of being in the, in the side of the devil. And I'm wondering now if, since our quarterback is supposedly dating a devil worshiper, uh, how you see this playing out. Talk to you later. Bye. Well, I mean, how do I feel about it personally compared to how do I feel about it as a Packer fan might differ. Um, not, not a fan of the devil, but you know, I, I, I think I might have even talked about this before, but I, I think it's really just Aaron Rodgers realizing that you got to do whatever it takes, you know, and, and Tom has been married to, well, you know, I don't want to be too rude to the lady, but you know, she's apparently into things of that sort and the two of them maybe have partaken in a few different things here and there. So Rodgers like, you know what? These relationship things don't really work out anyways. Might as well find somebody that can further my career and goes and finds a devil worshiper. So I I have a feeling that he's working with her and also going on these drug binges in hopes of reaching out to the spirits and and uh, you know he's the point is he's doing everything he possibly can to get us a Super Bowl and and I uh, I appreciate those efforts. Goose, what's going on, man? Question three. What is your question? What is your favorite color? What is the airspeed of an unladen swallow? <laughs> that is a, uh, I, pr- I probably should have paused it and actually answered, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to tell you my favorite color and stuff. But I do appreciate the Monty Python reference. Um, I absolutely love that movie. The first time, you know, my, my dad liked some pretty weird movies and occasionally he'd sit me down and have me watch stuff that was kind of stupid. And I was worried this would be one of them. But when I was a kid and I watched Monty Python and the Holy Grail and it got to the Black Knight scene and there were a couple scenes that I lost it, but I, I have rarely laughed that hard. Um, I was in tears during that, man. <laughs> it's just that it's such a good movie. It's, it's almost like a movie broke into mini series which monty python is they've got these little skits but it's just like a series of skits stitched together and so it's it's one of the most quotable movies ever in terms of just having these little one-liners i mean one of my favorites is she turned me into a newt a newt i got better (laughs) (laughs) trying to trying to um burn a lady for being a witch and she shows up and she's obviously 
was dressed up and has like a carrot nose to, uh, attached to her face. And they're trying everything they can to convince <laughs> this guy that she's a witch so that they could burn her at the stake. <laughs> and the guy just blurts out, she turned me into a newt. <laughs> I'll look at him and he, he's, he's obviously a person. Oh, absolutely fantastic. What makes you think she's a witch? Well, she turned me into a newt. A newt. Got better. Hey, Ryan, it's Andy from Kansas. Uh, movie recommendation of The Road with uh, Viggo Mortensen. It is an, a very good adaptation of the book. Oh, boy. I uh, enjoyed that a lot. Uh, secondly, uh, I got to be honest, man. <laughs> that is one of my least favorite recommendations is when people compare it to the book. I don't know why, but I will I will check out uh, the movie. It's... Uh, the Road with Vigo Mortensen, is that what you said? Not entirely sure who that is. 2009 post-apocalyptic survival film, that sounds decent. Based on the novel, who cares? Film stars Vigo Mortensen and Cody Smith-McPhee as a father and son in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Film received a limited release in North America. Da-da-da. Oh, uh, Vigo Mortensen is uh, Lord of the Rings. I just watched Lord of the Rings for the first time in like several decades. I was just flipping, again, just flipping through, like, I, I, gotta, I want to watch something, I don't know what, I wanted to watch a TV show, and I was flipping through Hulu, because I'm paying money for that now with the live TV thing. I mean, we had it, but now we have more. Anyways, I saw Lord of the Rings, I'm like, you know what, I haven't seen that in a long time. So, uh, there you go, turn that on and whatnot. Anyways, sorry, continue. In your intro, there are at least a couple of lines from Pulp Fiction, I believe. Uh, the you got to make some phone calls, and then the prank call hang up, I think those are both from Pulp Fiction. Um, lastly, I was, uh, looking at some old, you are correct about that, by the way, I had to think about what, what the other one was. You got to make some phone calls. I'm pretty sure that is pulp. I'm forgetting where they even come from, but I think that's, uh, um, the heck is a guy's name, the, the director when he was in there and they're disposing of the body or whatever, but, um, prank caller a hundred percent is pulp fiction. We Packers games on YouTube and I watched the. 03 playoff, well, 03 season, I guess it would be in 04 technically. The playoff game against Seattle where Al Harris wins it with the interception return for touchdown. Um, if anybody is interested in some really good O-line, you know, running game, uh, that team ran for over 2,500 yards. Uh, Amon Green had 1,883 of them, which of course is the highest number of rushing yards in the season without actually winning the rushing title. Um, But uh, they did a really good job that second half of that game. uh, It talks about how the 03 offensive line was solidified better than the 02 line because the 2002 line had a lot of injuries. And I just thought this is kind of a repeat of what's going on right now. So if anybody's interested, go to the second half and check out what, uh, Amon Green, Najee Davenport, and I believe it's Tony Fisher do on the ground game. Anyway, thanks. Bye. All right. Well, appreciate the uh, appreciate the recommendation. Unknown callers back. It's either strong bad or fake strong bad. We'll see who it is. The tipping calls will not stop until you release the strong bad voicemail. So let's talk about tipping. It's a city in China. China has very good food. Eddie Lacey likes China food. Eating too much China food will turn you into a big fat loser. You are a big fat loser for not playing the strong bad voicemail. 
Now I am depressed about it and I will go eat China food. Eddie Lacey is not a loser. He's a cool guy. Oh boy, we have we have reached peak ridiculous. So little little background. Um this person is mad that I haven't released the strong bad. There, there's been a couple strong bad calls that I didn't play because it seems fairly obvious to me that it's a phony strong bad. And if it's not, I'm, I'm confused by it because it doesn't sound anything like strong bad. So I don't know. The, the, the strong bad thing kind of took a weird turn, and I'm like, you know what? We're just going to kind of move past that. I don't know who this new strong bad is or what's going on, but now I'm getting robot calls that are threatening me, <laughs> threatening to harass me if I don't play the weird new strong let, let me let me give you a, an, an example of the new weird strong bad that doesn't sound anything like strong bad you guys know strong bad right and what he sounds like here is this other person who's claiming to be strong bad hey man what the heck it's wrong bad he's not taking my calls man what's up with that i don't know what that is but that ain't strong i know strong bad and that's not strong bad there is a strong, bad imposter, and I won't stand for it. Anyways, we've got 11 more calls. I think we'll keep going a little bit longer before we take our break. Next up, we got Justin on the line. Hey, Ryan. Uh, I have a few more thoughts on tipping. Here we go. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, actually, my question is about cheese curds. There we go. So, there we go. I want to know what the best cheese curds are. Is it Culver's? Is it another something that's in Wisconsin, cheese capital of the world? I think it is anyway. I don't know. I just know you guys are into your cheese over there. California likes to lay claim something about dairy, like we are actually the biggest dairies. It's like, dude, it's because you're a giant state. You're like 500 states in one. Your population is like the size of Canada, right? Yeah, you have a lot of cows. Bite me. Or my other question is, which is I'm pretty interested in, is the Culver's in Wisconsin – have better cheese curds in the Culver's than like other states that maybe have less access to mm-hmm. supposedly good cheese. Yeah. So need to know about cheese curds. Thanks. Um, so first of all, I, I don't really know. I've, I've never done like a cheese curd tour and I've also never been to a place that has claimed to like, you know, like cheeseburgers. I could tell you where the good cheeseburgers are and kind of compare like Culver's burgers are delicious, but then you can go this place, this place, this place. And it's, it's really Quite good. The, the other thing, though, is I, I feel like it's not to say there aren't good restaurants in Wisconsin. I'm sure there are. I don't know where they are. Good food in Wisconsin typically is not snobbish food. That is to say, like, if you go to New York, there's going to be a really expensive place that if you want to get the best food. You know, if you want a really good New York cheesecake, it's going to cost a lot of money. If you want really good pizza, it's going to cost a lot of money. If you want really good whatever, it's a place that's a lot of money. If you want a really good cheeseburger, you go to a place called like Cops and it's just a burger. It doesn't it's not like a fancy place where you get a bunch of money. It's like a it's a normal place where you can get ice cream and a burger. So maybe the best cheese curds are at some fancy schmancy place. I don't really know, but it's probably just at a hole in the wall place somewhere. Same with cheeseburgers, same with all this, you know, if you want a really good brat. Just going to be some random place somewhere. I don't know where it is, but it's out there and it's a random place. But um yeah, Culver's cheese um Cheese curds are delicious. I don't know if I've ever really kept track. I don't know that I've ever really gotten a bunch of cheese curds at a bunch of different places. I mean, I, I, they're delicious. But, um, I mean, if I go somewhere, I don't really think about it. I usually just end up getting, like, a, a burger and fries or whatever. The other thing in terms of, you know, Culver's in one location or the other, I would be surprised if the cheese curds are better in Wisconsin. And the only reason I really would say that is because when I say that 
we're not really snobbish about food. That's also true of cheese. Like, France is snobby about cheese. Wisconsin is not. We just like it. And the cheese we like is highly processed garbage cheese. It might be quote-unquote fresh, I guess, somewhere, somehow, some of these places. But we like just generic stuff. So I don't think it's like, you know, really good Wisconsin cheese bur- cheese curds are like fresh out of a, you know, curd processing station, direct into a fryer, right onto your plate, super good. And, you know, outside of the state, they like freeze it and send it and it's this garbage cheese. It's all garbage cheese, dude. I mean, maybe that's a little unfair, but it's, you know, it's not like 14-year moldy, dry-aged cheese that tastes like garbage out of, out of uh, you know, the, the fields of France somewhere. So I, 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 would, I would guess that it's, it's about the same anywhere. And also I would guess that the difference between your average cheese curd, whether it be Culver's or some other place, and like the best cheese curds in Wisconsin is not going to be that massive of a gap. Just a guess. Anyways, next caller, you're on the line of, of my line here. Hey, Ryan, this is Nico from Idaho. What up, yo? We might have to do like an intervention with Tom Austin. I don't know if he yeah. lost his meds. Yeah. Or uh, his puppy got ran over by a semi-truck, but kind of worried too. Yeah. So I guess I don't know how to do an online intervention, um, but... Uh, I guess we'll just tell Tom we're all praying for him sure. and we hope that uh, his puppy is okay and he found his meds. Sure. That's all I got. Uh, yep. I Maybe we could all get together and watch Intervention. Like, I do like a round table. We'll watch it, gather some ideas, and then we'll do like an online intervention where we'll invite him. What we could do, we can lie to him like they do on Intervention. We'll be like, hey, man, we're doing a Packers live stream and you're going to be the co-host. Or actually, you know what? Forget that. You're going to be the host and we're going to give you your own show and we'll build him up and build up his self-esteem and tell him all these great things. But it's all a lie. And then he'll come in and he'll realize we're here to to tell you that you have to stop using drugs. And he'll be like, I'm not using drugs. And I'm like, well, okay, but there's no there's no job for you. We don't actually even... We're not going to offer you anything. And then he'll trust us, and then he'll change his ways. I think that's how that works. It's something like that. Any questions? Uh, I do want to say that if Christian Watson ends up being a dude, yeah, then I'm going to just fangirl and, and just go nuts and crazy because... I think fanboy is an option that you could have went with there, I think. I don't... I, maybe... All right. Clearly, Romeo Dobbs is the next... You know, yeah. top 10 package receiver, as yeah, yeah. said by Aaron Rodgers. Anyway, that's all. Let's hope Tom feels better and uh, and uh, go back up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think... Um... I think fanboy is an option if you if in the future if you ever want to say fanboy, it you can do that. You don't have to say fangirl if you don't want, but you know you can, but don't ever. Um, why don't we take a break? Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you'd like to support this here podcast, it doesn't cost me anything to take your calls, but we could pretend it does. Pretend I got a massive phone bill and I need your help. A dollar a month would uh, go a long way there. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. 
And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, Ryan, it's Justin. I got into a motorcycle accident a few years ago, broke my collarbone. Anyway, <laughs> laid up for six weeks. So I have a show suggestion for you because it's little concerned where this is headed. I watched while I was healing, and that is The Mentalist. It's a good show. Check it out. Did somebody just recommend that, or is it just something kind of similar to what somebody... I know it was uh, Monk and Psych. I don't know if Mentalist was a part of that. Mentalist is an uh, American drama. The show follows former Psych, Patrick uh, Jane, who is a consultant. Oh, so it is Psych. It's like Psych... 2.0 or something? I don't know. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll add it. Anyways, everybody, hold on to your hats. Uh, Thomas Austin has entered the chat. Now, Packing Up Podcast. This is Thomas Austin, co-host of Packing Up After Dark. I'm currently hiding out. <laughs> Those bears, Vikings, and lions, and they're trying to get me. So, obviously, in such a perilous journey that I'm on, I have to call in and ask a couple questions. Question number one Whenever a season ends, should the team in last place not only get the first pick in the draft, but also should they get a lesser variation of their team name? Like, say, if the Lions lost and they were the worst team in football, which isn't very hard to believe, yeah. uh, instead of being called the Lions, they would be called, like, the Teddy Cats. Just an idea. Love to hear your thoughts on that. The Teddy Cats? Is that, did I hear that right? They have to be called the Teddy Cats? Um, I don't hate that, to be honest. It's sort of like a dunce cap kind of thing. 
worst team in football, um, and maybe a rival franchise, the one that won the division, maybe. So your rival franchise that won the division, which would be the Packers, gets to pick, you know, the, the team gets together, they get to pick your name for the next year. Or, you know, like if the if the Jets had the, you know, number one overall pick, the, the Bills would be able to pick for them, you know? I, uh, I like that idea a lot. Because at least it infuses a little extra shame, you know? Um, certainly wouldn't be as interested in tanking anymore. Be a great way to combat tanking. I, I think that's a... You do some of your best uh, thinking when you're on the run, Tom. Mm, question number two. Yep. Who in the AFC do you believe has the best shot of making it to the Super Bowl? Pretty early, but still. All right. AFC, um, I know I said potential bust candidate, but Buffalo Bills are, are near the top just based on, um, you know, whatever. But I, I really like the Bengals uh, a lot. And a lot of people are kind of low on the Bengals, but, I mean, they got there largely on the backs of guys that are brand spanking new to the NFL and are getting better every single year. The offensive line continues to improve. The defense is going to improve. Um, maybe it won't, actually. The defense could be the, the biggest sticking point, but... Uh, Bills Bengals are teams that I certainly have circled. I still, I still just have a weird feeling about the Dolphins. Yes, you have to include their Chiefs, but I'm choosing not to because they're stupid. You could also say Chargers or whatever AFC West team, the Denver Broncos, now that they have what's his uh, stupid face over there now. Um, but I don't know, man. We'll see. This, this Miami thing, something, something to, something to think about there, Tom. Last question, and this is the most important. Okay. How many Vikings fans yeah. can you get to call out after you yell, school, and what's the best way to take them down? Oh, wait. Hold on, there's one coming here. Bear down this, you son of a... I think, I think Tom died. Did anybody catch that question? Anybody... Anybody, let me see what Google uh, Google thing says here. It says, um, last question, and we can't follow up because he's dead now. Last question, and this is the most important, how many Vikings fans can you get to call out after you yell, and what's the best way to take the... Um, I maybe understand, but I, I maybe don't. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and let that one pass me by, Tom. I, I hate to not answer your last ever question on the the Thomas Austin show, but um, I don't know what you're talking about, man. So I apologize. Uh, Jacob, hopefully with a non-tipping question, is here. So, Jacob, glad to have you. Nice, but hey. Jacob. Hey. I guess we're going to bury the hatchet. There we go. I guess I have to keep on keeping on and <laughs> not hate you. You're not dead to me anymore. So anyways, Thanks. since you're not dead to me, I figured I'd give you some uh, recommendations. I think if you watch Reacher on, I believe it's Prime. It yeah, is. it was Prime. Yep. It stars some big jacked up dude as Jack Reacher, yep. who used to be Thad Castle in Blue Mountain State. Never heard he's of He's a it. wonderful actor. Right. And uh, if you're a lady, he's no. quite fetching, <laughs> I will say. Um, but it's that clever kind of humor mixed with the like overall... Monk, kind of. By the way, I'm, I'm. I just started Monk season one, episode one, as we're talking right now. But 
Um, he has that kind of wherewithal where he knows things are happening before okay. they happen. He's special nice. ops kind of guy, and plus he's jacked out of his mind. They paint him, though, as being like he's seven foot or some jacked huge guy. He, don't get me wrong. He's jacked. You'll see he's super jacked, but he's not. <laughs> you're, you're making me nervous here, Jay. I mean, listen, whatever you're into, it's fine, man. It's 2022. You do what you got to do, but we get the point that he's jacked, dude. I mean, I'm just saying, I get it. He looks good without a shirt on. We heard you. Seven foot. Like, they painted as being like a giant kind yeah, of guy. I get it. That's at least in, like in the book or whatever it was. Um, Here we go with the book. Tom again. Cruise played him in a movie, Jack Reacher, but this one's just called Reacher. Tom Cruise is like five, five. He's four, five. I'm pretty sure he thinks that there's like lizards that run the world. Right. I don't know, whatever. Right. I'm pretty sure Sammy Watts. I wonder if, and we're, and we're getting way off base here. But I wonder if we could convince those people that Alan Lazard is like God or king of the... I don't know. We'll, we, we can talk about that later. Because actually, also thinks that. Anyways, maybe lizards do run the world. Could be. I would prefer a gecko. They seem uh, less aggressive. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I was watching um, Crocodile Hunter. Yesterday, I saw that that was on Hulu, and I was all jacked up. I got my kids. They don't know who he is and never heard about it. I'm like, oh, you guys are in for a treat. And my son, obviously, the kids love it. Um, they, they, they keep asking me if it's real because they think it's fake. I'm like, no, that that's the point. It's freaking real. I don't know how or why this guy's doing this. Dude, it was like the first episode, and he's drawing this cranky crocodile out of the water, right? His his terminology. Um and he he baits it with food, and of course he doesn't just try to get it out or what he he gets it real close, and then he backs up a little bit, and then he does it again, and he keeps backing up, and this thing is inches away from him, and he runs into a tree. The guy runs into a tree, and fortunately he didn't hit it square on; he just kind of like dinged it a little bit so he could kind of keep moving back and not get killed right there. But this is like the first episode of the Crocodile Hunter. At least I don't know how this. I don't know. Doesn't matter. But if he had just been like a foot to his right, dude is dead. By the way, if he just happened to trip a little bit or even trip on the tree or anything and go down, this this crocodile probably just munches him up and he's he's toast. But uh, anyways, the reason I'm bringing that up is uh, another episode I watched is the Komodo dragon. And uh, those things, which are like giant lizards, super mean. So, you know, yeah, I, I prefer a gecko over those anyways. Sorry. Anyways, have a great night, Tom. Thanks, dude. Yeah, so I've seen Reacher a bunch, and that's another one, along with the Americans, and I keep seeing it, and I'm like, mm, I don't know. And then there's, like you said, there's that weird thing where there's a movie called Reacher, and it's like, I don't, are those tied together in some way? You you explain that they are, but I, I was confused by it, especially since it was Tom Cruise, and I'm like, that doesn't seem compatible, because you got Jack Reacher, who, you know, as you described, is a seven-foot-tall, uh, attractive male um, who's jacked uh extremely attractive according to jacob um and intelligent and funny and likes long walks on the beach and whatnot but um yeah it's another one i keep passing by because i'm not sure if it's any good and i I just i can't get myself to click it but i'm i'll I'll probably do i'm guessing the way you're describing it the tv show is better than the movie which makes sense because i'm not trying to knock tom cruise necessarily i mean rain man's a good movie and whatnot but um mission impossible 
is like one of the worst. I've, I've seen about 15, not, not even, it was, it was closer to 15 seconds and 15 minutes of Mission Impossible, but it was one of the worst things ever. I remember the one time I was flipping through TV and, and maybe I'm maybe Mission Impossible at some point is, is, is gets better or something. I, I don't know, but I was flipping through the television and I saw something and I swear I thought it was like a spoof action movie. It was so bad. I thought it was like a comedy action, you know, where they, it's, it's like a mock action thing. And then I saw Tom Cruise and I was like, that's friggin' weird. I can't believe they got Tom Cruise to be in like a comedy action thing. And I was like, it's weird because it's like, it's almost like they're doing like a spoof of Mission Impossible, which I haven't seen, but, but, but then they got Tom Cruise in it. Like, how do you get Tom Cruise to make fun of himself? Whatever. I don't know. Come to find out this is Mission Impossible. And it's like, you got to, I mean, Mission Impossible was absolutely massive. It was like the, the Jason Bourne of, of the nineties and it just looked so stupid. So I'm, I'm kind of out on, uh action Tom Cruise movies. You know, again, Rain Man, solid. I mean, Top Top Gun, Top Gun's good, but that was 1986, so it's a different lifetime. Jerry Maguire, good movie, you know, but I just, I don't think I can, I don't think I could watch a movie that feels to me like a Mission Impossible type movie. I don't know. You guys let me know. I'm sure some of you have seen it. Tell me if it's, if it's good for anything. Oh, dude, they're still making those too. So Top Gun just came out. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 and then Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2 are uh, post-production and filming. Stop. No, maybe, maybe they're good, though. Somebody tell me if they're good or maybe I'm just way out of my... Because if they are, I've got like 60 movies I can watch because they've made... A, who's watching these? I'm sorry. All right, we should get to the next caller. Next caller, you're on the hotline for football. Hey, Ryan. Hey. Hope you're feeling better. This is Roger from North Carolina. Doing all right. Still sick. Uh, you mentioned maybe wanting some uh, criteria for Here it tipping. is. Here it is. Uh, I got to thinking about that, and I thought, you know, what would be the criteria for tipping Ryan? Because after all, he does deliver a service to us. Mm-hmm. So I've come up with the uh, Pack Daddy Fun Factor PFF score for Ryan. <laughs> does he make me laugh on a daily basis? Does he avoid politics? Does he bash the bears? Does he annually uh, make fun of the preseason projections for the Vikings? Okay. And uh, he used to completely ignore the uh, Lions in general. Yeah. So that being said, uh, you deliver uh, great service, and you've even expanded your service. So, therefore, I've left you uh, an upgrade on Patreon, so let's call it a tip. Thanks, buddy. Roger. Now I know who Roger is, yeah. And, and I did uh, give Roger a shout-out on the on the show. for I, I do appreciate that, Roger. Thank you very much. Um, since you brought it up, I'm just going to be real brief with it because I thought about it too. What would be the criteria for tipping? Here's what it is. If you provide me a service directly that is above and beyond the services that I've already paid for, you get a tip. So if I go to a restaurant and I give money, which is the money that's on the menu, that's so that somebody can cook my food, right? It's paying for the food and for somebody to cook it. The person who is waiting on me the entire time is providing a service above and beyond what I'm paying for, which is the food, therefore tip. I mentioned when I worked at Sam's Club, if you go to a grocery store and you pay money for the food, that's what you paid for. If you then get somebody to unload your groceries into your car, or like is becoming popular now, food delivery services, we had a high V by our store that would deliver groceries for free. That is above and beyond what I'm paying for with the groceries, so they should get a tip. In the other examples, like a photographer, I'm paying for you to take photographs 
of my wedding, my family, whatever. There's no service above and beyond what I'm paying you for, so you don't get a tip. Taxi driver, I'm paying you to drive me from point A to point B. You drove me from point A to point B. You've provided me no additional services, so you do not get a tip. And in the case of Jacob, who I shouldn't bring it up because he just said we buried the hatchet, I paid for you. I paid for food and for you to cook it for me. And then I went and picked it up. There's no additional services provided to me, so there's no tip. And even in the event of of what somebody else brought up about Christmas, aside from just being in the giving mood and and doing a nice thing for somebody on Christmas, which I think is the, the general spirit of it, you could still say that that qualifies. Because although you do pay for, in a sense, somebody to deliver your mail on a day-to-day basis, the fact that they're giving up their holiday to be able to do that, and I have not paid any more, they're doing more and are not receiving more, therefore tip. It still fits the criteria. If somebody has a better criteria, let me know. Although I will say this, now that, now that I'm thinking about it, why do I tip a barber? I paid you to cut my hair, you cut my hair, why do you get a tip? That doesn't fit. I'm going to do it because it's a custom, but I don't know why there should be a tip there. There's also the, the Dwight Schrute scale of providing a service that I can't do myself. I don't ascribe to that, but that's another criteria. I don't tip my barber, but I, what did he say? I do tip my uh, urologist because I cannot crush my own kidney stones or something like that. Anyways, we got a new caller and they called in three times, so they've got a lot of stuff they want to get off their chest. So let's hear from uh, Roland from New York. Hey, Brian, this is Roland from New York. What up? Just wanted to say that I'm totally fine with the Anthony Barr clip being highlighted by Vikings and Vikings fans because that hit directly led to the Packers obtaining the draft capital it took to get Jair Alexander and also make a move to get a second round, a second first round draft pick for the following year, which netted us Darnell Savage and probably helped us get Rashawn Gary because we felt more comfortable drafting a third edge rusher with the pick beforehand. So those two picks really helped catalyze for the next 10 years. So we appreciate it, Vikings. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, that, that's... that's um, Yeah, it, it, it's certainly not an excuse for them to do it, but that is a great slam to throw back in their face. I mean, ju- just for the Vikings fans that want to be like, ha-ha, look what we did. Dude, he's healthy now, first of all. Like, he got over it. <laughs> you know, it's it's healed. And he went on to win MVPs and, and whatnot and is currently leading the Packers. Um, and then there's also all of this. It's only because Rodgers got hurt and didn't play that our record was as bad as it was. And it's only because of that Mike McCarthy is is partially not our head coach. And, and we, we were able to make the changes we made and get the draft capital to get guys like Jair, et cetera. I mean, it, 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 is, it played a major role in the transformation of the team. The fact of the matter is this team was headed for the gutter. It was spiraling downward rapidly. And there was a massive recovery. And what accelerated that recovery was the hit on Aaron Rodgers. So that's point well taken. Hey, Ryan, Roland from New York again. Just uh, forgot to mention also that the uh, the hit uh, from Barr uh, on Rodgers also led to one of two underwhelming years, which led to before being hired. And those two drafts in 18 and 19 probably helped Goody get his extension. So, again, the fact that five years later, Viking fans can't see that that was a massive win for the Packers demonstrates that they're a sad, sad franchise. Yeah, exactly. It's um, again, it, it it 
it was negative in the moment, but it, it ended up helping us in the long run for a lot of reasons, which again, you know, for everybody that says tanking is stupid. I don't know, man. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it helps a little bit. Go ahead, Roland. Hey, Ryan. It's uh, again. Um, just heard about the cream cheese and chili yeah. thing that you're doing there. And I got to play cardiologist oh, for a no. second. That's got to stop. That's <laughs> terrible. Um, that being said, I am doing tomahawks uh, for week one yes. on the grill. Just wondering what you're to uh, grill for the opening week of the season. Let me know. I'm ashamed to say I haven't thought about it. Um, I don't know. Um, but I got to get to work on that. I, 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 I hate to say it, but I, I feel like cream cheese and chili is uh, on the menu, possibly. I mean, I'm going to share it. I won't eat the whole thing by myself. I'll eat most of it by myself. But I, um, look, man, I, I I appreciate it as a cardiologist, but um, you should also know that um, my my heart hates me, you know, and that's probably not going to change anytime in the near future. Um, at some point, it's just going to say, you know what, forget this, I'm out of here. But I will have appreciated the life I lived, eating lots of cream cheese and um, chili and whatnot. But I will get to work on on uh, opening season grilling thoughts. Garrett's got a couple calls to carry us out of here. Garrett, what do you got for us, man? Hey, Ryan, it's Garrett. What's up? Hey, I wanted to answer your question regarding the tipping. Oh, here we go. Um, I've been a mailman for now almost 30 years, and yes, it's usually uh, the norm for people. do have a lot of mailmen, so we got to tread lightly on that topic. People to tip only at Christmas. But they do acts of kindness throughout the year where they might leave out some cookies or during the hot summer, they'll meet me out at uh, the mailbox and give me a, a nice water or a Gatorade or something. So I would like to think that uh, Clayton's got it right when he says, you know, be the change that you want to see in the world. So giving people, you know. All right, let's let's we're getting way far afield here. Is it the custom to tip a mailman? Period. I'm talking daily in terms of a requirement. Like when you get your hair cut, you tip every single time. When you go to a restaurant, you tip every single time. I'm not talking about random acts of kindness. That's a whole other category here. So I, that's a, I'm getting pulled into this like I never do acts of kindness to anybody thing. I didn't say that. I said, what is the criteria for tipping? As in every single time you go there, it is a requirement to tip. Because Jacob's stance is... It should be a requirement to tip when you go pick up food, and I'm saying I don't see why that should be a requirement. Let's not get off into the weeds about sometimes you should do kind things because we want to be the change. Dude, cool. (laughs) But let's just calm down a little bit. I'm not saying don't be nice or do random. I'm, I'm saying if you want to tip the guy when you go pick up food as an extra act of courtesy, which is courtesy because it's not a requirement, that's fine because... It's not something that you need to do, but that's not what I'm asking. I'm saying, should it be a requirement, just like it is when you go to a restaurant? I mean, granted, it's not always a requirement. You can walk out without tipping, but you're a a total jerk for doing that, which is the question. If you pick up food and you don't tip, are you a jerk? Like for mailmen, if I don't tip my mailman tomorrow, am I a jerk? No. So that's what we're talking about. But go ahead and finish your thought. Something above and beyond doing acts of kindness is usually, uh, I think, falls in the line of tipping. So doing acts of kindness, I think, is what I try to teach my kids to do. 
And so that's what I was kind of referring to when it comes to maybe tipping out of the, you know, out of the ordinary kind of events. So then on other things, um, I was a cart pusher at Sam's back in the nineties and cart pushers unite those, um, trampolines and sofas on top of convertibles just, uh, never worked. And I just had to shake my head at people. Oh, dude, dude. Yes. I forgot about that, but yes. I don't know how many times people would go to Sam's Club and like buy a couch and then they'd come out there or you get a call on the radio. They'd be like, hey, a customer needs help loading their car. And you go out there and they're looking at you with a couch and like a Pinto. And they're like, I got, what are we going to do here? I'm like, what do you mean? What are we going to do here? What, what are you talking? What are you at? What do you what? What is your question? I don't know what you're talking about. And then the amount of they, they always had like twine. And so they'd be, you know, it's like do you want me to put it on the roof of your car and we could try to tie it down? I wouldn't, you know, I would not recommend you do this, but this is your purchase. This is your life on the line. If you want me to go ahead and strap this bad boy on your car, you know, through your windows and whatnot with twine, I'll do it. But this is a really, really bad idea. And sometimes they're like, yeah, let's do it. Dang, people are crazy. But yeah, the the amount of times they're like, okay, fit. It's like, there's, there's nowhere to put it. I'm not a magician. I'm a cart pusher, dude. Like, I don't have special skills. I can just do what you can do. I'm just less lazy about stuff. I wonder what are you thinking? So we got that in common. Um, finally, the, the question I wanted to ask you about regarding uh, Green Bay coming up is who do you think um, will be the biggest surprise when it comes to uh, first team starters uh, on the offense and on the defense? after looking at how everybody's kind of moved up and down on the, the pecking order on the team. So I just was wanting to know, uh, who do you think will be the biggest surprise when it comes to game number one versus the Vikings? Hope you're feeling better. Have a great weekend, Ryan. I didn't realize I told everybody I was sick, but I must have. Yeah, I'm still still kind of feeling like garbage. But anyways, um, I appreciate the call. And let me look really quickly here and think about it, because that's a good question. So one player on offense, one player on defense, that's going to, to be the most surprising. Not that anybody would be a complete shock, because now we're just talking about ridiculous stuff. Um, offense, I think, could potentially be Zach Tom. Again, not super shocking, but I think right now, if you were to take a poll, less than 50% would say he'd be the starter. But as I said, it, it's going to be David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins do not play week one, which is, I'm not saying that I necessarily think that, but there is a decent enough chance. And if that is the case, I think there's a better than than then not chance that you're going to see Yash and Zach Tom as your tackles. Entirely possible that it ends up being Yash Nijman and Royce Newman at tackle. I don't know. But that would be one that would be a bit of a surprise. Um, other than that, I can't really think of anybody. Can't really say Romeo. And, and you said starters, but I'm guessing just guys that play is kind of what you're thinking because I don't really know how to quantify that, What how many snaps to be considered a starter or whatever. So Romeo wouldn't be a surprise. It would have to be a seventh wide receiver if there even is one. So it'd be somebody like Jawan Winfrey, Malik Taylor, Samori Ture, and I'm not going to say that. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll say Zach Tom on offense would be like the biggest. Oh, man, that's crazy that he's playing week one. Defense, that's kind of tough, man. Um, let, let me throw this out there. And I, I don't think this is true, but there is a really strong case to be made. Kingsley and Agbar, he may be getting some some time even as early as week one. And the reason I say that is because I've been, and and tomorrow is going to be pretty big in terms of 
my understanding of how the offensive or the the outside linebackers are sorted because we know it's Rashawn and Preston, and we know that at least two more guys are going to be getting some significant snaps. We know that they're probably going to bring on um, five, and and it's possible all five get some snaps. But at the very least, two of these guys are going to be getting some work. It has been since day one, Ladarius Hamilton and Tipa Naliai, since day one. However, family night. Tipa suddenly disappears and is playing on the third, is a third string guy. And suddenly Jonathan Garvin is getting all this work. And, and now it's becoming a little bit more of a, at least as far as family night, Jonathan Garvin, Ladarius Hamilton, Kingsley, and Agbar three-way competition. And even if Kingsley is sort of the third man on the totem pole there, I'm looking at it going, if Tipa is not the guy, if, if this was a big misunderstanding or something really bad happened and, and they're like, this guy doesn't have it and, and he just plummets and maybe doesn't make the team or whatever, I don't know. Here's kind of the weird thing about that. If they keep five, you know it's Preston and Rashawn. Pretty sure it's Ladarius Hamilton. Then you got Kingsley, you've got uh, Tipa, and you got Garvin. Somebody has to go. Let's just say of those four, somebody has to go unless they're keeping six. Now, if they're keeping six, then fine, and, and, and all these guys end up playing a little bit, but think about it if somebody has to go. I don't think Kingsley goes to the practice squad. I, I think that might be too risky. Could be wrong. Maybe maybe they end up cutting them and trying to put them back on the practice squad, but um, that, that scares me a little bit. And so let's say they don't do that. That means either Ladarius Hamilton, Tipa Nalii, or Jonathan Garvin are getting cut, along with Randy Ramsey and, and some of these other guys. So I, I, I guess the point is, I think Kingsley is going to be a little bit closer to game action than we're really thinking because right now in training camp, he's, he's kind of just not really getting much time. But again, it's a highly rotatable position. And I, I think what you're going to find is, let's say Preston and, and, and Rashawn are out there 60% of the time. That's 40% split among three guys. And two of those guys are on the field at the same time. So it, it, it could be as much as 10, 15, 20% of the time of the defensive snaps, Kingsley and, and, and Agbar is playing football. Um, and honestly, I don't really see too many other people that it could be. A linebacker, it's going to be Quay and Devondre. I don't think Chris Barnes sees the field at all unless something terrible happens. I don't think that's something you rotate. I don't think there's going to be a third safety on the field. Um, maybe some Rico Gafford time, just because you know if, if the team goes five wide or whatever and, and you just need those extra DBs, you might see some Rico or possibly some Vernon Scott, just just you know if you're out in dime or whatever out of necessity. But that would be the defensive guy that I would I would circle in terms of getting opportunities. And granted, some of that is necessity. You know, if it wasn't such a rotational position, kind of like linebacker, where it's those two guys all the time, then you would never see him. But because they rotate him so heavily, I, I think he's going to get some snaps. So we're going to see some Kingsley this year, I think, unless unless they're going to roll the dice and be like, no, we're going to practice squad him, which is possible, but we'll see. It looks like we got a call from JJ, so we're not going to end on Garrett, but Garrett does have another one. Let's get that Hey, going. Ryan, this is hey, Garrett. Just getting ready to on? mow my yard with my blue and green yeah. John Deere, and uh, it got me thinking. I've got this Chicago Bears fan right across the street that uh, I guess he refused to buy something that was green and gold because uh, it reminded him of uh, past failures or yeah. something, but... Uh, Anyways, he went out and bought this ugly orange lawnmower, and Yikes. everybody else in the neighborhood uh, has really nice manicured lawns, and yeah. uh, we all use John Deere's, and this guy had to go out and buy some ugly lawnmower made with a, I don't know what kind of name on it, but it starts with a K, so I won't say it. It starts with a K, so you won't say it? 
the heck is a say? <laughs> the K word? I only know one K word. He wrote that on his lawnmower? I think you got bigger problems than him being a Bear fan. I'm, it's kind of scary. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Anyways, uh, I just wondered if you ever had an experience where you refused to buy something because it was blue and orange or blue and silver or purple and gold just because it reminds you of a team that maybe you hated. So there's that. And then. Um, well, I wouldn't buy something that's purple flat out. I, I guess that's not entirely true. I did want, um, like if I ever had a bunch of money, I thought it'd be pretty awesome to have like a, a deep purple, like Dodge Viper or something, you know, like a, a, a real dark looking purple. That's pretty sweet. But generally speaking, I don't buy purple things. Um, I think it's possible if it looked bearsy enough. Like if if it was a t-shirt that was like bears colors, I probably wouldn't buy it. But I don't think that's ever actually happened. And then lions, I mean, that's just like blue and silver. So I, I don't think I would even notice if I like bought a blue and silver thing and be one of those things I'd buy it. Would you stop with the chairs? My good, you'd think my family like lives on the kitchen table. It's unbelievable the amount of time they spend moving chairs upstairs. It's twenty four seven. What are you even doing? Um. What was I talking about? Oh, blue and silver. Yeah, I, I don't. I wouldn't even notice if it was blue and silver. And I don't hate any other teams. So, sorry. Go on. Uh, I just heard the last podcast, and uh, I haven't heard of Tom being that out of breath since he literally thought that he was supposed to run for the border to get tacos. <laughs> and uh, I just need to remind you, Tom, you don't have to run all the way to the border. Literally, you can go right next to the Walmart, and there's your Taco Bell for you. Have a great one, Ryan. Are you sure it's the neighbor that has the K word on his? I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, mm, I don't know if I'm going to touch that one or not. Although I will say he was asked on the takeover show if he wants to be called Tommy boy. And he said he hates that name. So I should probably start calling him Tommy boy, but otherwise I would appreciate if you guys would respect Tom. If he wants to go to the border for tacos, I say go to the border for tacos. Anyways, JJ, let's uh, let's close this thing out, man. What's going on, Ryan? This is Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> not even going to try it? All right, I respect that. I appreciate that. No, it's not. It's JJ. Hey, what's up? Uh, hey, you and I both know the individual known as Mr. Negative. Yep. And, uh, you know, he heard you talking about Robert Tunyon the other day, yeah. and it, it set him off. Okay. He started messaging me about this baloney about how the Packers were not going to win 10 games. Right. Sounds about right. Specifically because they lost Devontae. Okay. But I told him where he could stick that because it's ridiculous. Right. And um, he decided what he really wanted to do was make a bet with me. And so we bet that the Packers are going to – not win 10 games. And I even gave him the caveat of like, hey, I'll, I'll say Rodgers can miss up to three games. Wow. Because I, Aaron Rodgers missing time, yeah. that will affect the win total. Yeah. Devontae being there, I, I just don't see that. So my question to you is, if the Packers do win 10 or more games and I win, or if they only win nine or fewer games and I lose, What's a good bet to make? You need a good uh, good punishment slash reward 
What what should be the uh, consequences for the loser? Looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Yeah. So I, I, I do miss Mr. Negative. We used to talk on Facebook, but I don't really use Facebook all that much. I mean, I, I, I will post things on the Facebook group or page. Uh, that's about it. I don't use Facebook Messenger or anything anymore. So I haven't talked to Mr. Negative. Uh, if he's listening, which he claims he doesn't, but there's a good chance he is. Um, I, 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 sorry about that. Um, I will say, having known Mr. Negative for quite a long time, um, he is a hyper-masculine fella. He, how do I say this? He's one of those guys that um, like to challenge me or talk down to me because of my generation kind of thing, you know, being sort of weak and soft and uh, being the problem with this country kind of thing. So I think there's, there's a bet in there somewhere. Just off the top of my head, and I'm not saying this, but, but this is the category. Something along the lines of a t-shirt that says, I love avocado toast. You know what I mean? Like that kind of a thing. And then um, I think if you lose, and again, I'm trying to think of what he would like, his favorite thing to call people like myself and people like you who uh, don't instantly want to trash the team over every little thing is to call you a bootlicker. So again, we'll stick with the t-shirt theme. Doesn't necessarily have to be, but something along the lines of wearing a t-shirt that says, I lick Brian Gutekunst's boots. Could just be a, a tweet or something, you know? Maybe just put it your pinned tweet for a month or something, you know? He doesn't use Twitter, but something to that effect. Maybe he could change his Facebook profile to, you know, some... Eh, I don't know. Or, or maybe, even, even if we get away from the avocado toast thing, maybe it could just be like a pro Gutekunst thing. Maybe he would have to, like, change his Facebook avatar to a picture of Brian Gutekunst's face for, like, the, the entire off season. With just like a caption that says, I heart Gutekunst. I heart Goody. It sounds more affectionate, you know? So maybe that's, that's what I'm going to say. If the Packers get to 10 wins, and you can worry, work on the duration, he has to change his Facebook avatar, because he's very active on Facebook, to a very effeminate and affectionate photo that says, I heart Goody. And it's a picture of Brian Gutekunst with a heart. I, actual heart, Goody. If the Packers do not get to 10 wins, you have to do something on Twitter, pinned post of some kind that alludes to you being a Green Bay Packers bootlicker. So that would be my recommendation. You feel free to tweak that however you like. I think those are, I think those are fair. Anyways, I appreciate all the calls. I'm going to get out of here. I have been locked in my basement doing football stuff for a very long time. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. 